Uh, we've been talking from the book of Matthew, and uh, it's a series called The King and I. And uh, we're about to go into the last contrasting statement made by Jesus. You know, we've been, talk we've been talking about the fact that he uses these five words. You ready with me? But say to you. And so each time he says this, he says, you've heard this, but this is what I want you to hear rather. And so the last one that we're going to be looking at is Matthew 5, verse 43 to 48. And he roughly deals with the following. I'm not going to read the whole portion. It says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor, but hate your enemy. The people told them uh, that they can just love their neighbor and forget about the enemy. But he says these five words, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And so an amazing challenge for us not to do what people say we can do, but to do what God wants us to do. And so we're ready to go into talking about loving our enemies. We're going to actually postpone it till next week. All right, so you're off the hook this morning. You thought, oh, I wasn't quite ready for this one. Don't worry, you can take a whole week. Um, I was really stopped by Holy Spirit as I prepared for this final one when I looked at those words, but I say to you again. And the thing that spoke to me is those two words. It's up here, I say. And who's speaking? Jesus, hey? Jesus is speaking. So he's saying, I am saying the following to you. Jesus implying that there's a new voice that we have to listen to. It's his voice. And so we've been listening. He's saying, before he came, we've been listening to people's voices. And what their interpretation of the law is, and they've changed it, by the way, a whole lot. So much so that they say, hate your enemy, it's fine. Jesus said, ah, I want you to listen to my voice. And so paraphrased, I want to say, he's saying, you used to listen to people, it's time to, you listen to me. It's time you listen to me. So Jesus wants to be the one that determines our values, our actions, our responses, our words, our thoughts, everything, the way we live through us listening to him. So in this portion that we've been looking at where these words, but I say to you, come across six times, he gives us a practical application of what he is saying. But he's saying the key is, before you can practically apply anything, you've got to listen to the king. How's that, eh? That was cool. And so the title of this morning's message is, we're not going to look at the next statement that Jesus made of love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. We're looking at us and this incredible need for us to listen to the king. So the question this morning that I want to throw out to you is, are you ready? Are you all good? You're warm enough for this question. Because it may shake you a bit. I hope it does. Are you ready? You're like, oh, come on, come on, get it. I'll give it, I'll give it. Question in the morning for us is, am I interested in hearing from God or listening to Him? Am I? Am I really interested in hearing from God or listening to Him? Because anything that's worth listening is we often make an effort to hear it. That's why we just had Jama up here to explain to us a little bit about the sound so that you all can hear well, isn't it? We don't want you to be, oh, I can't hear it's too soft or I can't hear it's too loud. We want to 
tune the system in such a way that you all can hear well. As though whenever we're up here, we're like talking straight to you. Isn't it strange that when we, when we do turn on like a radio, which I have up here this morning, and, and it's too soft, we're like, no, no, or the, it's the frequency is not quite there. We're not tuned right to it. We're like, mm, why don't you just turn it a little bit left or right? Those of you that have ever used radios, many of you have not. Or if you're watching a, oh, no, no, the phone rings. And you can't really hear the person on the other side. It's like, hey, sorry, I can't hear you. Well, let me just get into a better area, reception area where the network is better because I can't hear you well. We make an effort to hear well, isn't it? I want to ask myself, and, and I do, am I similarly concerned? Similarly concerned about hearing God's voice when I don't hear Him that well? Do I, do I make an effort? Do I position myself to hear Him? Sometimes, like, like John had said, if you want to sit in a, better, a different spot where you are because you want to hear better, then position yourself practically, physically, to go and hear better, isn't it? And in a similar way, we've got to position ourselves spiritually to hear God better. In other words, why try to shut out other noises to hear him? There's a noise, I think, coming from the street, is it? The guys are queuing for fuel. So it's like, man, I, I want to position myself in such a way that I don't hear that because I want to not hear too many other things. It's like a practical example, that. Like, hmm, it's a bit there in the background, isn't it? But try to hear me. Um, but that's a wonderful illustration of how when we say he needs to speak and we need to listen, we need to practically often position ourselves to hear him better, isn't it? Do I take time, do I take time or make time to listen? The sad thing is when we don't concern ourselves with listening today, we may pay the price tomorrow. The Bible says this, whatever you sow, you will reap. Clear across every area of our lives. If we don't make time today, if we don't sow into listening, what we will reap tomorrow is nothing has been poured into my life that I can respond to because I've not made time to listen. And so this is not a condemnation for, oh, I'm not, I'm not sitting down and I'm not making time. This is just to say, listen, if you need to readjust your life to listen to the king, best you do that. Because if you don't listen today... You'll end up tomorrow doing what you thought was good and not what God is trying to say to you. The question is, are you listening? Because he wants to speak and he is speaking. And it is, it is absolutely crucial that we hear from God. And if it is so crucial, then how does it work? How does this thing work to, to hear from God? If it's so crucial that we hear from God, how does it work? <laughs> Because everybody often says, man, the one thing that I battle with in life is to hear from God. Anyone? It's like we all, like, God, I, I really want to hear better from you. If anyone says, listen, you know what, I think I'm okay. I hear so well. My, my spiritual hearing is absolutely 100. Then please come and help me. <laughs> is that okay? Please come and talk to me because I need to learn from you then. Please teach us. 
the thing is that God wants to speak to us and, and what we need to do, and, and I put it up here. If we need to help people and understand how this works, we need to make this effort. Put the cookies on the bottom shelf. How many of you have ever been into a kitchen or to a, a house where the cookies are tucked away right on top? Because why? You don't, you don't want everybody to get all of it, <laughs> isn't it? It's like you want it to be saved for those moments where mom or dad takes them down and says, okay, anybody for a cookie? But they tucked away there or sometimes they're hidden away, isn't it? All right? Some of you are just, I don't know what you're talking about. Cookies are those things that we eat. All right? Remember? Come with me. Um, remember Lobels, huh? Bakers? Um, no, it's the point is there's sometimes these beautiful things that are up there but we can't access them because they're on the top shelf. And, and I think in, in terms of our spiritual walk with God, He brings it down to the bottom shelf and He says it's available for all of you. So when we talk about hearing from God, we need to actually do that and say, let's bring it to the bottom shelf. Not because anybody is of higher and of lower stature. Not at all. It's because we want to make it accessible and practical and easy for everybody to enjoy. Does that make sense? So when we talk about hearing from God, that's what we want to do because it really is simple. We've made it so complicated <laughs> and so difficult for ourselves. We think we've got to aspire to something. We've got to try harder. We've got to do this. No, no, no. It really is that simple. And we're going to take you through a couple of steps to show you how simple it is. Are you ready to eat cookies from the bottom shelf? All right. You ready? Okay. First point is this. You've got to believe that he does speak. <laughs> simple bottom shelf stuff <laughs> if you don't believe this then we're always going to battle to hear from him where he's going to say i want to speak to you and i'm speaking we're like ah i don't know i don't think you really care about me because if you think that he only speaks to a selected few that's a lie and you're never going to hear from god because you live according to the lie he speaks to us He's interested in speaking to us. If we don't believe and anticipate this, we will miss out on one of the greatest blessings ever available to us as followers of Jesus, that we can hear His voice. It's available to you and me. We don't have to go through a special training course and go through you know, extensive time of, of knowing God. We can because He desires to speak. Just three verses I want to give you. Just up there, it will be Matthew 7, verse 24. Just in, to helping you understand that he desired. These are just some. We don't have the time. Matthew 7, 24 says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine. Hears means someone is speaking. Uh-huh. So hears these words of mine and does them or be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. We need to build lives that are built on the rock of Christ. Not on the worldly system because it's not a rock, by the way. And it's all dependent upon our hearing. Hearing. The second verse we want to go to is Hebrews 1, verse 1. It says, long ago at many times and in many ways, talking about the Old Testament, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. So it's referring back to what we've had in the Old Testament. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. Jesus Christ came, and He came to bring what heaven's thoughts are here onto earth. And Jesus then said, listen, I'm not going to leave you orphan when I go. I will send you my Holy Spirit to come and continue to speak to you, which we will touch on just now. So guess what? He's speaking. 
The third one is in Jeremiah 33, verse 3. It says, call to me, and I will do what? So God is speaking. He will answer us, and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Point is this, ladies and gentlemen, bottom shelf stuff. God is speaking. Amen? <laughs> We're going to make deductions just now about why are we not then hearing. We'll get to that. The second bottom shelf point this morning is believe that you can hear Him speak. Very simple. This is not rocket science. Amen? I hope not. Believe that He does speak. Believe that you can hear Him speak. And so we've got to understand that these are the simple but profound truths that enable us to live as followers of Jesus. First things first, when we talk about that we can hear him speak. Jesus says, my sheep will what? Will hear my voice and they will follow me as a result of that. So in other words, it's sheep that follow. It's sheep that hear. And the simple deduction is this. If you ain't a sheep, you ain't going to easily hear him. If you're not in relationship with God, if you've not come to the point where you've understood that Jesus is, he has come to, to die for my sins so that I can be in relationship with the Father because it's my sins that separate me from the Father and say, therefore, I'm not in relationship if I have my sins not forgiven through Christ Jesus and therefore, I can't really relate to him. There's no relationship. But once I accepted Christ into my life and I enter into relationship with God the Father, I am sheep. You're all going to go, meh. Jeez, you guys are bad, eh? <laughs> you all are sheep. And the word promises you that you will hear his voice and you will know him and they will, you will follow him. So sheep can hear. If you're in a relationship with a chief shepherd, you can hear. And don't consider yourself inadequate to hear from him. If you can't hear, we've got to see, are you saved? Do you have a relationship with God the Father? And secondly, don't look at others and say, well, they can hear and it's probably something wrong in my life. No, as a sheep, you can hear. And you ought to hear. You ought to be able, because my sheep, not can, they hear, which is a present continuous. It's, it's happening. Amen? It's not, it one day will happen or they are able to. It's happening. I think sometimes we hear, but we don't actually recognize that we are hearing him, and it is him speaking. So the problem is not that he isn't speaking. The problem most probably is this. You waiting? You ready? I wish I could have a drum roll. <laughs> problem is that we aren't listening. <laughs> and again, let's go to the radio. The radio has an antenna. Again, this is maybe very new to some of you younger people. It has a function here that says radio, and then it has this, the, the, this device up here where you can, in the old days it was a, a, a knob that you turned and there was a needle that went from left to right. Just amazing those days, hey? Anyway, and then you would turn them and it will go from wherever, in FM or AM, and then you would find the station and you would tune to it. The point is this, that station that was there, in there, was 24-7 transmitting. Uh-huh. It was always sending out 
a message. It was broadcasting constantly. But we weren't always listening, isn't it? I mean, I could put the, the radio away and the radio stations carrying on there in the background. As it is at the moment, there are many radio stations broadcasting, but we ain't listening to them, praise the Lord, I hope not. At this moment, it's not a great idea to do a broadcast or to listen to a broadcast. Let's just listen over here. Um, but the point is that we could listen to a radio station at any time that we turn on the radio, turn, tune to this particular station that we want to listen to, and Bob's your uncle there, you're listening. And then when we don't want to, we just turn it off and we carry on. God is constantly speaking. And God is far beyond the radio station. Let's not ever limit him to that kind of, but it's just an idea, right? To help us understand how God speaks. He's constantly speaking. Problem is, we ain't always listening. Because we listen to all sorts of other stuff. The responsibility is ours to tune in to Him. The third bottom shelf stuff that we want to talk about, besides the fact that we believe that He does speak, believe that we can hear Him speak, is the third thing, is believe that there are multiple ways in which He speaks. I can't tell you how many ways there are unless you understand that He wants to speak and that you can hear. And now that you have those bottom shelf issues in place, you can understand that there are multiple ways in which he speaks. And I know that there are many teachings on this and, and uh, lots to be said and we don't have enough time to go through all of them. But really, we want to tune into him. And so we need to understand really what is his frequency. What is the frequency level or that he uses to speak to us so that we can sensitize ourselves to his voice. I want to just give you three this morning. The first one is this. One of the ways in which he speaks that we need to tune ourselves to is we need to recognize the Spirit of God. And really we need to know that God is the one that wants to speak to us in various ways. He can speak to us, speak to us through an audible voice, he can speak to us through an impression. He can speak to us through us being at, at, at sleep at night and, and dreams that we dream. He can speak to us through just this impression in our hearts. But in Acts chapter 20, I want to read this to you where Paul is relating a story to us about how he was moved from where he was and where he needed to go. And, and then it says here in verse 22, of Acts chapter 10 to 20. Are you all with me? All still awake? All good? He says, And now behold, I'm going to Jerusalem. He's relating this to some of the people, leaders from a church in Ephesus. And he says, I'm going to Jerusalem constrained. Say with me, constrained. Some translations will say compelled. Compelled. Impressed. By who? Anyone? What does it say? By the Spirit, who is a person. He is compelled by God. And in this particular instance, the Holy Spirit is saying, Holy Spirit is saying to me, I want you to come to Jerusalem. 
So in other words, he's saying, I'm hearing from God through the Spirit of God saying to me, go and do the following. He's saying, not knowing, I know that he's saying this, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. That's a beautiful thing. He's saying, Holy Spirit is telling me, hey, I've got to go to Jerusalem, and actually I'm going to go and face a lot of stuff, not the most nicest things. He's actually just saying the point I'm trying to make is the Spirit of God is leading him. Simple. There's an impression. There's an absolute conviction that he's living with. He's like, man, this is what I believe I need to do. And the uh, Bible talks about it as a still, small voice often. And praise the Lord if it comes through an audible voice that we can hear. But most of the time, is Holy Spirit comes because He lives inside of us, and He impresses something in our hearts. Kind of like that tap of the shoulder I often refer to. You know, you, you feel this tap, and you go, yeah, 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 who's there? He's just, he's just gently tapping us often. Say, come. I want to guide you this way. I want to share this with you. Show you that. Etc. etc. That's how he speaks. Just recognize the Spirit of God. And so all we need to do is really just say, Holy Spirit, I know you're my friend. Jesus said when he leaves, he will not leave us alone. He will give us you that will come to be our guide, our comforter, our friend. I recognize you. It's as simple as that. You don't have to do anything, try to attain to a certain level. It's just, Holy Spirit, you're here. If you read the word, please teach me the word. Let him do that as you recognize him. The second thing that we want to say, multiple ways in which God speaks, is we've got to read the word of God. <laughs> I, I didn't want to say just the word of God. Because the word of God is just a book. And, and I have plenty of these in my home. But only when I read the Word of God and open the Word of God, then the Word of God can speak to me. Amen? I mean, come on, come on, this is basics. This is 101 of Christianity. This is foundation, layer upon layer, precept upon precept. That guys, we run around and we're like, Oh God, where are you? Yet God is saying, You've got to just listen to what I want to say to you through the word. Second Timothy, it's up there. The verse that we want to quote. Let me read it to you. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 to 17 says the following. All scripture. Say with me all scripture. All scripture. All right. All of it. That's even Job, Lamentations, all those wonderful portions. Even Leviticus. Is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So the Word of God is there, and it is there from God to equip us. So if you feel unequipped, it's probably because your Bible is closed. Never say God is silent when your Bible is closed. Never say, oh, I can't hear from God. God's not speaking to me. If your Bible is closed, open it up and say, Spirit of God, please show me. Please speak to me. So regular reading brings truth and revelation and growth. Guidance comes from God 
through principles from Scripture. Even if you read stories from here, you can get guidance from God. So never ever let us say God is silent when our Bibles are, are, are closed. There's a verse in John 8 verse 37 when Jesus said, you know what guys, the problem with you is my words have found no place in your hearts because your hearts have been hardened. So even though the word is there, Jesus was saying, listen, I'm speaking, but you're not hearing because your hearts are closed. And I don't think necessarily even an open Bible would be the solution, just to leave the Bible open. Like sometimes people can let's have the, the right vibe in the house, which is rubbish. Anyway, um, let's leave all the Bibles open at Psalm 100 and whatever, because that will bring the Spirit of God into this place. I mean, please don't ever believe that nonsense. Um, the open Bible does not mean that there's a changed life. It's the open heart to the open Bible that brings a changed life, all right? So don't just, <laughs> just put out a couple of Bibles in the house. Everybody open your Bibles and leave it open. No, no, it's your heart, my friend, that determines the value of the Word of God and whether it will leave an everlasting effect in your life. Our hearts is where the seeds are sown. And so we've got to open our hearts for that. There's a quote here that I want to share with you. A guy called H.B. Charles Jr. said the following. Read it with me. It's the will of God, the Spirit of God, use the Word of God to make the children of God like the Son of God. So ultimately, our objective is not riches here on earth, not fame, not, not respect, not identity. It is the Son of God, likeness into the Son of God and the will of God. If you ever know, want to know what the will of God is? It's to look like the Son of God. And how do we go through that? To become, you have the Spirit of God, born again Christians, believers, have the Spirit of God and the Word of God to make us more like Him. And so please, the Word of God is not just a, you know, kind of like a, a fortune-telling advice we're just oh, i want to just know what tomorrow will bring oh that's better now the objective of this word is to turn you and me more into jesus christ and so use it for that purpose the third thing that we need to understand about god speaking is we need to receive not only need to eat to we need to recognize the spirit we need to read the word but we also need to receive from the people of God. Ooh, and this is probably the toughest one. <laughs> the first two I'm okay with. Spirit of God, the Word of God. Well, when people start to tell us, according to Scripture, what we ought to do, not according to human understanding and human wisdom, man, that's a bit tough. 1 Thessalonians, can we turn there? As we look into this one a bit. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 2, and verse 13 it says and we also thank god constantly for this paul is speaking to the christians in the city of thessalonica and he's saying i thank god constantly for this that when you receive the word of god ooh, how did you receive the word of god which you heard from us you accepted it as not as the word of men but it but as what it really is the word of god which is at work in you believers amazing hey eh? So he's saying, guys, what you received, the word of God, came through men. And you received it not as the word of men, 
but as what it really is, the Word of God. And it brought change to your life because you received it from men. And so what we're trying to say is we have the Spirit of God, we have the Word of God, and we have the people of God to help us. The Bible teaches us that in the council of many, there's wisdom. So we're saying, hey, I'm battling here. Can you help me? But it's such a difficult thing to admit that I need help, isn't it? <laughs> and so we have, throughout the New Testament particularly, we have Peter, we have Paul, we have John, and, and, and all the letters they wrote coming from mere men like you and me. And we even, in the book of Acts, it talks about, in chapter 11, talks about the untrained followers of Jesus that went about sharing the word of God. And they brought about change through God using them. God does this because he wants us to be interdependent upon each other. He doesn't want you and me to be an island by myself. He wants me to say, God, I'm, I need people in my life. And I'm willing to listen to their advice. And we are mere humans. Not always are we going to hit the mark <laughs> right on. But we say humbly, I need you. I need you to help me, to guide me. The reality is that we can only know our true nature. Listen to this. We can only know our true nature as we relate to God and live in communion with people. Because I have a preferential look when I consider myself. I'm very, think I'm doing okay until I ask Sumin how I'm doing. And most of the time she says, yeah, you're doing all right. And we can talk about that. But unless I'm in communion with people and with friends, not just my wife, but other people in my life that could help me and say, listen, I want to perhaps give you a different impression on what you're thinking. Just because I think maybe you're missing here a little bit. But in the counsel of many, there's great wisdom. And I can, my nature can change because of you. And I'm willing and I need to be willing to listen. And listening, and that's where this positioning thing comes in again. Where I position myself closer to people. And so... We can't physically do that often with this COVID stuff, but you can do it relationally. And one of the things, again, that I've said before, that the COVID thing has done, it is robbing us of close relationship with one another. And what we do then is if we submit to that and disconnect, we actually disconnect ourselves from a way in which God wants to impact our lives. And I'm warning you, stop sowing into that. Stop, start sowing into close relationships with one another. Listening to godly advice through fellowship and discipleship when we move. And this is when, what it happens is at the moment you're sitting next to each other. Real close connection, discipleship, fellowship happens when we don't sit next to each other, but we sit opposite each other. Facing each other. Because this is sense easy. Yeah, it's for you, eh? <laughs> Or I don't even know who's sitting next to me because I'm just looking over there. But once I sit right across from my brother Kilton and I look him in the eye and I say, hey, how are you doing? And he's talking to me about what he sees in my life. Ooh, this thing becomes a little bit more, a little bit more personal, isn't it? Perhaps a little bit more difficult. But he wants us to go that way. 
God wants, God can and wants to use all three in my life. Himself, His Word, and His people. So just to, again, summarize. Bottom shelf stuff. Simple. Believe that God speaks. Believe that you can hear God speak. Believe that God speaks in multiple ways. And those ways are recognize the Spirit of God. Read the Word of God. And receive from the people of God. I want to just close with this. There are spiritual disciplines that, if we just keep that up, just go back there, please. There are spiritual disciplines that can help us in those things. And those disciplines take a lifetime to put into place in our lives. Because ultimately, I want to hear better so that I can become more like Him. Amen? So when we talk about, hey, you've got to love your enemies, it's like, man, there's a process that I need to go through constantly to enable those things to be real in my life. And so I want to close just with these things that you can go and think about spiritual disciplines that help tune our hearts towards God's voice and ultimately spiritual transformation. You can say that one. Thank you. Just these are simple spiritual disciplines that need to be part of the way we live. This is a rule of life. This is how you and I, these things, if we have this in place in our lives, more and more we'll be able to hear God better, respond to His Word, and respond to people. The first one is silence and solitude, being alone with God. Tough one. Starts with that. Just taking time out with God. Prayer, talking to God, conversing with God. Third one, Bible reading, learning from God. If you don't know how to read the Bible, if you don't have a Bible, talk to us. Rest. It's a very simple spiritual discipline where you say, I'm going to take some time to rest. I'm not a machine. God instituted rest for us. So sometimes we think we don't need rest because we think we're better than God. We know more than God. You can't function without rest. Amen? And the more you rest, the more you're able to hear from God also and put in practice certain things. The next one is fasting, where we say, I'm going to take time out from not just food, but from cell phones and from things, so that I can sacrifice for God, so that my ears can be tuned more to Him. The next one is Sunday gatherings, where we come together like this. It's a spiritual discipline, where we learn and worship together. The next one is living in community, where we really make it an aim to get to close, to get closer to to people in a meaningful relationship where we serve, where we listen, where we mutually submit, where I say, brother, I've got a decision to make. What do you think? Help me with this. And then the last one is living simply and generously. <laughs> it's a big one, this. Where we content with what we have and willing to share what we have. There's a brilliant statement on this. Let me read it to you. It says we got to live this way. You got to live it, limit your standard of living and increase your standard of giving. We don't need that much to function. The more we live with this mindset of, you know what, I don't need to work hard for five of this and six of that and whatever it may be. I can limit my standard of living and I can actually increase my standard of giving so that I'll be a blessing to others. These things combined will help us, the last slide, to be able to say, God, you are speaking to me because I need to hear you more. Folks, these are practical things, bottom shelf stuff. 
nothing, nothing difficult. But we need to apply these things. And so I'm encouraging you, go take time. We're going to break bread now. And it's available for all of you that are born again, that have a testimony that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. I want to ask you as you do this, you don't need to be a member of the church or anything. You just need to have a testimony that Jesus is Lord. I want to ask you, as you break bread this morning, which is about the complete work of Jesus Christ on the cross for us, as you break bread and drink of the cup, whatever in your heart that you're feeling about God speaking and you're not hearing and the adjustments that you need to make and things that you need to repent of and get right before God or just simply saying, God, I really want to hear you more. I want to tune in more. Why don't you just talk to him about that as you, because this is where it all started. What Jesus did on the cross enabled you and me to start hearing his voice. So let me, let me just pray as we have some music. Father, I thank you this morning for your grace that enables us to hear your voice. And even right now, Lord, as we break bread together, I thank you that what you did on the cross is good enough for us to enjoy hearing your voice and so as we go to these tables lord god i thank you that you will stir hearts towards listening more we want to listen to the king we want to follow the king but we first need to listen to the king so that we can hear the king and do what the king says and i pray lord that we will avail ourselves to you to listen more amen